Saturday on Locked On Anaheim Ducks, Toronto loses in SoCal again, and a thriller versus the Minnesota Wild. All of this on today's Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's a new week. How's everyone doing? I'm Jason, J.D. Hernandez, your host, your marathon runner, and your game show raconteur on this 2020 season where the Ducks wind down in less than a month. In fact, we only have four weeks left in the season. Can you believe that? Don't forget, you can hear this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. Make sure to rate, comment, and most of all, subscribe and follow along on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks or follow me personally at StimpyJD. I'm a little bit sore right now. I'm a little tired. If you've been following either Twitter account, you could probably figure out why. Yeah, I might go more into that later. But needless to say, I'm a little bit tired this morning, but not tired of these exciting Ducks games. Yet last night's game was a thriller. We're going to talk about that in the second portion of the show. But we've got to talk about Friday's game against the Toronto Maple Leafs. That was a pretty fun one. In fact, believe it or not, against this Toronto Maple Leafs team, Anaheim dominated most of the game. Most of it until the end of the game where Toronto tried to make their furious comeback. They scored a goal. That's what happened. Anaheim really, they they looked dominant that first period. Toronto didn't have very many scoring chances. In fact, throughout the game, Anaheim had much more high danger scoring chances. In the first period, Anaheim outshot Toronto 13-8. to Big margin there. And one of those shots came from Carter Rowney, who had a nice a nice goal from David Backus and Delzado to make it 1-0 Anaheim. Only about three minutes into the game. A very filthy goal by Carter Rowney, his eighth of the season. Anaheim would continue to just corral the puck. Toronto's shot chart looks pretty scattered. They didn't have very many shots within the zone. And looking at just the chart, Toronto's, I guess, you know, heat map, there's not that much down by the goalie. By, at the time, John Gibson, a lot of the shots came from the perimeter. A lot of the attempts came from the perimeter at the time. Even though there was a couple of power plays, or actually there was only one power play in the first period for Toronto. They didn't do much with it at all. So it was still one nothing, And that was, you know, John Gibson. You know, he had the puck over the glass, tried to clear it, went over the glass. So that thing, that happens, you know. It is what it is. Second period, just a lot of penalties back and forth. Justin Hole got called for tripping. Then Kyle Clifford and Nick Delorier got in a nice little scuffle. These two have seen each other plenty before. Kyle Clifford was a member of the LA Kings earlier this season. Nick Delorier has been with the Ducks all season long. Yeah, they're familiar with each other. Um, in fact, Nicholas Delorier is familiar with all the Kings and former Kings. He got in a very awesome fight with Curtis McDermott earlier in the season. He's fought with Clifford before. So, of course, these two are going to pair off right in the middle of the game. And it was a nice, I would say, gentlemanly scuffle they both had their words and they both said what they wanted to say. It was entertaining. It was entertaining for all the fans that were there. So that was probably the main highlight of the second period. No scoring on either side. And Anaheim once again dominated puck control in that second period. Part of that 
fight may have had to do with Toronto just getting frustrated because they really couldn't solve John Gibson, who was on top of his game those first 40 minutes. He looked fantastic. 13-8 was the shots on goals in favor of Anaheim once again. So it was 26-16 at the end of 40 periods. But then we go into the third period, and that's where things got very interesting on both sides. First off, for the Anaheim Ducks, exactly halfway through the period, John Gibson would leave the game with some sort of injury. We didn't know at the time exactly what happened, and in fact, it was Ryan Miller that got the start on yesterday's game. So we still don't know exactly what's going on with John Gibson. It may have, it looked like it may have been a little stinger that happened because he, it looked like he had some discomfort after he took a shot to the chest. That's really what it looks like. He just got it right on that part of the padding where it's a little bit thinner, right on the shoulder area between the shoulder and the chest. And he looked like he was in some discomfort. He was in discomfort enough to leave the game with about nine... No, with about 10 minutes left in the third period. So that was the stinger that caused Gibson to leave the game. And right at that moment, that's where the Ducks decided, well, we'd better damn well do something about this. So immediately after Gibson leaves, Adam Henrique gets a nice, nice steal, shoots it from kind of afar, gets the goal in his 25th of the season to make it 2 to nothing Anaheim Ducks. Just to further describe that goal, so Toronto had they, they had the puck kind of in the corner. They were trying to get it out of their zone, and an errant, errant pass went right to Rico, who shot it from between the dots, not too far, but far enough where it's a nice goal for Rico. The shot went over the net for Lurie. Then they got a shot in. Okay, that's fine. And who would get the puck? Matthews was trying to gain control of the puck, completely missed everything. It looked like, you know, Hyman. Zach Hyman tried to get it to the center of the ice and tried to pass it right in front of the goalie. And that is something that you just do not do. So credit, I guess, Zach Hyman with the assist on that one to make it 2 nothing. And Rico shot it, you know, right either between or right along the faceoff circle, but a decent distance. So... Jack Campbell got fooled on that one. And the Ducks are familiar with Jack Campbell. Jack Campbell, of course, was a former member of the LA Kings. He's been with the Kings for about three years now since being called up from the rain. And he stayed in LA ever since as the former backup of Jonathan Quick. So that's how that goal went. After that, it was all Toronto from there. Toronto dominated every shot after that. Before that point... Anaheim had all the chances. In fact, throughout the game, Anaheim had nine high danger chances to Toronto's four. Nine to four on high danger chances. That's a big stat for Anaheim. If they can keep doing that throughout the rest of the season, that will give the fans some hope for next season. These new guys are looking very good as far as high danger chances. You know, you have to look at some of the new guys. You know, Brendan Gooley, he's been out there, you know, contributing to those. Christian Juice even. I can't believe I'm saying this, but Christian Juice has been a lot better on this trade deadline than I originally anticipated. Same with Denton Heinen. Denton Heinen has, has he's looked very good with the Ducks. He's fit into that role. So has Matt Irwin. I mean, ever since the trade deadline, 
The Ducks have had points in five of their seven games since the trade deadline. Five of seven. Where was this before the deadline? Where has this been all season? Maybe these guys actually fit in with the Anaheim Ducks. Maybe this is the antidote for next season. Let's not put any hopes on the Ducks yet this season. Yes, they're nine points out. I know it's supposed to be Team Tank. When they keep winning like this, they're dangling that little carrot of a 1% chance of making the playoffs. Yes, that pie chart is still up. And it still shows Anaheim with a slight chance to make the playoffs. In what world are the Anaheim Ducks going to make the playoffs? Yes, they could rattle off a winning streak and make it. But who knows after that, right? Anyway, back to the game. Toronto did score late. William Nylander, or sorry, Willie Nylander got his 30th of the season to make it 2-1. And that was with Jack Campbell pulled from the net. Toronto pulled him early in hopes of trying to get something going. And Sonny Milano, he had control of the puck, tried to score an empty net goal instead of just dumping it into the neutral zone. And Sonny Milano completely fanned on it. Willie Nylander found an open puck and took it himself to the goal. So he solved Ryan Miller to make a 2-1. to Toronto just kept pushing. They had their chances for those final two and a half minutes. With the goalie pulled pretty much the whole time. But nothing went through Ryan Miller. And that would be the game. Anaheim beats Toronto 2-1. to And this is coming off of a bad loss for Toronto the night before. Where they got shut out by the LA Kings 1-0. So in two games against the SoCal teams. Toronto scored one goal. That's it. Oh boy. Toronto is definitely on the fringe They're possibly looking at losing their playoff spot. That could happen, folks. Before we head into the first intermission, I want to tell you how you can make your business work for you with Locked on Advertising. Yes, it is that time. If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the fantastic advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Anaheim Ducks is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Ducks fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with other Anaheim Ducks fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses, especially here in SoCal. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com forward slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Last night, the Anaheim Ducks played host to the Minnesota Wild, who are clinging, I mean clinging, to a playoff spot in the Western Conference because at the time, they were on the outside looking in. 
We're going to start in the first period of this Wilds game. Jakob Silverberg picked up his 19th goal of the season, putting the Ducks up 1-0 very early on. But then it'd be Matt Zuccarello who'd get his 15th of the season, tying the game just a minute later after that. That Matt Zuccarello goal, that one had Ducks fans fuming, and here is why. Because on the pass from Valino, from Felino and Alex Galchenyuk, he passed it off to an open Matt Zuccarello on the right side to score the goal for Minnesota. But that is not what has Ducks fans pissed off. What had them pissed off was that Alex Galchenyuk, while he was kind of gliding in towards the goal, he was coming in towards the crease, passed it from just about in front of the crease, in front of Matt Irwin, passing it to his right. As he passed it, he got his right skate onto the right pad of Miller. So Ryan Miller is looking around. Okay, he's still trying to save the, the goal. The goal goes in by Matt Zuccarello, and that ties it up. Immediately, Coach Eakins calls for a coach's challenge, and here is what happened. The refs looked at this over and over again, and they called it a good goal. This had Ducks fans very pissed off. And here's what the explanation was from the NHL. Quote, The Situation Room supported the referee's call on the ice that Alex Galchenyuk's initial contact with Ryan Miller's pad occurred outside of the crease and did not constitute goaltender interference. Thus, that was a two-minute penalty for the Ducks, a delay of game for an unsuccessful challenge. Yeah, that would come back to bite them, as only a minute into that power play, Kevin Fiala would score his 22nd of the season on the power play. So that's really a two-goal penalty against the Ducks. Yeah, Ducks fans were pissed. They were very pissed off. And here's Rule 78 from the NHL website. Quote, Goals should be disallowed only if, 1. An attacking player, either by his positioning or by contact, impairs the goalkeeper's ability to move freely within his crease or defend his goal. End quote. So that is 78.1 of that rule. Something to keep in mind. It impairs the goalkeeper's ability to move freely within his crease. Ryan Miller was kind of outside his crease. He was right on the edge of the crease. On the initial contact, the back of his blade was just touching the red paint. That is not considered in the crease. Therefore, they called it a good goal yeah that was the explanation that's how they saw it again our most famous quote of all time it's in the crease i mean ask brett hall about something being in the crease so ryan miller was pissed off ducks fans were very pissed off they were booing very loudly inside the ponda on sunday night you know ducks fans were saying it was the wrong call you know his leg was taken out he couldn't defend the goal but his leg was taken out when it was just outside the crease. So was it great reasoning from the NHL? Possibly not. Should that have been overturned? That's inconclusive. I bet if they had called that a no goal on the ice, although even doing that, that would have been risky. 
because to make that kind of goal on the fly, that is very, very tough to call that a no goal right then and there. Usually they will give benefit to the doubt of the offensive player. And outside the crease, the goalie didn't have the puck. So it was possible it could have been an interference call. I mean, the contact was begun right outside the crease. I mean, the heel was barely on the red paint. So that's how close it was. But again, a two-goal swing right there. Instead of it being one nothing Anaheim, all of a sudden, it is 2-1 Minnesota. So yeah, Ducks fans were pissed about this. But they would come back in the second period as Danton Heinen scores his 10th of the season, making it a 2-2 tie. And Jakob Silverberg got his second goal of the game, a 20th goal of the season, making it 3-2 Anaheim. So we have two goal scorers that are above 20 for Anaheim. Adam Henrique, Jakob Silverberg. That's it. Yeah. Over to the third period. Victor Rask got his fifth of the season, making it a 3-3 tie. Later on, with about five and a half minutes left, Alex Galchenyuk, he got his eighth of the season, making it 4-3. Yeah, the infamous Alex Galchenyuk, who may or may not have interfered with Ryan Miller, he got, at the time, the game-winning goal. So then, with about 2.05 left, Miller was pulled from his goal, Anaheim was going 6-on-5, and it would pay off immediately as Christian Juice got not only his first of the season, his first as an Anaheim duck making it a 4-4 tie. That was a big goal right there because Ricard Raquel, he's been hot lately. That would already be Raquel's third assist of the game. He had a perfect pass to Jakob Silverberg. Silverberg kind of did a little turnaround move, fed it right to Christian Juice, who got the goal. And it was a goal from the left side, tying it up at four goals apiece. But a huge play by Jakob Silverberg to make the quick turnaround, find the pass through the crease, and find an open Christian Juice. So that was the end of the third period. It was tied 4-4. Four to four. So both teams would get a point. Already, Minnesota is very happy with that one point. As that would put them in playoff contention. But they really, really wanted that extra point. It did not look like it for most of overtime. Starting in overtime, Kevin Fiala got one shot on goal on Ryan Miller. After that... Anaheim pretty much controlled the puck for almost the entire overtime, getting a couple of pretty decent shots away. Anaheim had most of the puck possession. They had most of the chances in overtime, if not for a penalty, because right when Minnesota finally got the puck back in overtime, yeah, it was a bad penalty happening there. That would go against Josh Manson, who ended up tripping Kevin Fiala, with about a minute left in overtime. So what happens? Well, they call a timeout. Yeah, Minnesota called a timeout. It was a very smart timeout by Devin Evison of the Minnesota Wild. And about six seconds into the power play in overtime with the four on three, Minnesota would score the game-winning goal to make it a 5-4 game. The assists on that goal went from Ryan Suter and Luke Kunin. So Kevin Fiala would get his second of the game, his 23rd of the season. This left Ducks fans a little bit ticked off. Do I blame them? Not necessarily. But Minnesota was desperate for this win because here's how how the standings look. As of current, Minnesota has, wow, they have 77 points. They had 76. They would have been tied with Nashville. 
But as it stands, Minnesota now has that first wildcard spot just above Vancouver. So in the division, St. Louis has 92, Colorado 90, Dallas 82. Then you have Minnesota at 77. In the Pacific, you have Vegas, Edmonton, Calgary, Calgary with 79, Vancouver has 76. So here is the wild card. Minnesota has 77 points. Vancouver, Nashville, and Winnipeg all have 76 points. If Anaheim had won in overtime, it would have been a four-team tie for 76 points. So that extra point could come in handy for the Minnesota Wild later on this season. And finally, just some quick stats on last night's game. Minnesota did outshoot Anaheim 30-26. to Power plays, Minnesota was 2-for-3. Anaheim was 0-for-4. So once again, Anaheim points in five of their last seven games. Their next two games are going to be Tuesday and Wednesday against the Ottawa Senators and the St. Louis Blues. And that Blues game, as a reminder, that is the makeup for the game that was postponed last month. Okay. I'm not going to talk about hockey for the next few minutes. As you may or may not know, yesterday I had the honor of running the 35th annual Los Angeles Marathon. This event still took place despite coronavirus concerns. And honestly, I didn't feel that much concern, to be honest, because Southern California is a pretty healthy community. If you're healthy enough to run the LA Marathon, you should be healthy enough to overcome the coronavirus because at as a younger person we are less likely to perish from that disease in fact the mortality rate for people age 20 to 40 is 0.2 percent it's significantly raised once you get above 50 years old so i still saw plenty of people cheering their fellows on throughout the LA Marathon course, and there was some very good support all around. This did not deter people away from the course. In fact, there were people with signs, you know, kind of jokingly saying, run like the coronavirus is behind you, which I thought was rather amusing. But that's beside the point. It was an honor just to be able to raise money for Guide Dogs of America, and that was a fantastic cause. So if you haven't donated, I mean, you could check out you know, the LO underscore Ducks Twitter. You can check out my personal Twitter at StimpyJD. I did make a post about it. So, you know, if you want to donate, feel free. I'm calling on my other locked on hosts if you want to donate a few bucks here and there. Hey, I'm just 200 shy of a goal. So if 20 hosts all donated 10 bucks, I'd hit my goal just like that. But I will say for the record, I was very fast at a time yesterday. You know, I mean, I can't believe that I finished the race before noon and seeing so many supportive faces out there that meant the world so if any of you listening happen to be on the la marathon race course that were cheering racers on i just want to say thank you so much for that support you know it was awesome getting to fist bump a lot of people you know down the left corridor towards the finish line you know conversing with people throughout the course it kind of kept my motivation going and it kept my energy level very high throughout the course so i just want to say thank you all that you know we're out there that kind of joked with me i even joked with a member a fan of the toronto maple leafs who had a maple leafs hat on and we're kind of bantering back and forth about the fact that toronto just got swept in california 
They got shut out in LA. They lost to Anaheim. And of course, me being in SoCal, I had to point out that, hey, how does it feel to lose both games in SoCal? And he quipped right away saying, hey, it'll feel good once we make the playoffs. And then I just quickly said, as I ran away, 53 years, buddy, 53 years. (laughs) And with that, I think it's a pretty decent place to wrap up today's show you can hear this or any of the previous episodes on the locked on podcast network via apple podcast google podcast spotify or stitcher also please make sure to follow the twitter at lo underscore ducks or follow me personally at stimpy jd once again i want to thank you all very much for listening and check out other locked on shows including locked on nhl where our favorite frenemy, Sarah Avampado, hosts partially on Locked on NHL. And by the way, thank you to Sarah Avampado for donating also. That was very, very appreciated. So thank you, Sarah, for that. And make sure you listen to Locked on NHL. I might show up there from time to time. For Locked on Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the day. I'll see you at the arena and stay cool, Anaheim.